Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We are less than two months from the consequential election of our lifetime. In November, Americans will decide between two disparate trajectories the country might take starting in 2021. Campaigns are making weighty decisions about their strategies as voters get ready to start sending in their absentee ballots. And, of course, we are still looking forward to the debates and the other markers of the campaign before we cast our ballots in November. We want to start today talking about the election, talking about the campaign, talking about all the issues that are shaping that campaign. And we've got two really great people here to do that. Ron Fournier is the president of the Truscott Rossman PR firm, former publisher of Crane's Detroit Business, and was the Associated Press Washington Bureau chief for a good long time. Ron Fournier, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, sir. I am old, aren't I? <laughs> That's not what I said. <laughs> I, I said you are lines. you are experienced. That's what I there said. Good morning, man. <laughs> uh, also with us is John Truscott, who is the CEO of Truscott Rossman and former press secretary for Governor John Angler. John, welcome to the show as well. Great to be with you, Stephen. Yes. Uh, you uh, you two are two of the people I have been waiting to talk to for a while about this campaign and, and what's going on. So I'm really looking forward to the conversation. But first, before we get to that, you guys have some pretty big news. Trescott Rossman just announced that it is moving its headquarters from Lansing to Detroit. Uh, talk about why you made that decision, John. Well, Stephen, you know, we our roots are as a public affairs firm in Lansing, and a lot of people knew us for that, and, and we're pretty darn good at it. But with all the growth and, and with Ron's addition to our Detroit office and, and all the growth that he has brought in the city and linked us with some of the city's uh, biggest companies and philanthropic organizations and education organizations, uh, we've really grown our clientele and our impact uh, in, in the city of Detroit and in southeast Michigan. And we just thought, you know, we really are behaving like a big market firm these days. We've grown and, and things are going great. And so let's become a big market firm. And so we're moving the headquarters to Detroit and uh, we will continue to grow and, and prosper and, and serve people and be part of the community. And we're really excited about our, our new office space in Eastern Market. Uh, the staff loves it. Um, you know, we moved in earlier this year, and then we had to shut everything down, so we haven't even put up all the artwork on the walls yet. Right. And we look forward to getting back to that point where we can get people back together and, and get the city moving and thriving again. Yeah, I mean, you know, the number of companies that are moving to Detroit, of course, the number of people that are moving to Detroit, it's one of the stories, one of the good stories uh, around here, and I'm really happy to see Truscott Rossman Join that roster. So welcome to the city, guys. Uh, we will look forward to having you just around the corner here from us at WDET. All right, let's get to right, let's get to the news and to the issues uh, coming out of the party conventions last month. I want to get each of your assessments of where the race is and what each candidate really needs to do to get voters uh, to the polls for them in November. John, I'll start with you. You know, there's an interesting phenomenon, and we saw it just beginning uh, four years ago um, when people really weren't admitting that they were voting for Trump, but they showed up and did it. And I, I believe this this will be a razor-thin election, just like the last one was. 
But we're seeing more outward support. Uh, the level of enthusiasm is higher. The boat parades that we've, we've all seen are a perfect example of that. Um, but, you know, I, I look at the ABC interview that George Stephanopoulos did, the live uh, talk with voters last night, and, and Trump is out there making the case. And I think Biden's going to have to match him um, and, and come out from behind or, or up from the basement or whatever it may be, um, because in the home stretch, that, that's going to make a difference. But really, this is about voter contact, turnout, and, and that mechanism. And we'll see which party, which organization has the better mechanism hmm. to turn to turn their voters out because it, it will be a razor thin election. Yeah, and the the turnout question is everything each each year, but this year especially it is because turnout is just going to look different than it than it does uh, in in other elections. Ron, what's your what's your sense of where we are with things? You know, this is this is Trump's election to lose. By by every traditional measure of politics, the incumbent should easily win re-election. Uh, the last several, as you know, have. Um, he has done such a poor job with the pandemic, and such a poor job with the economy, and such a poor job with the um, the integrity and trust that we used to hold in the presidency, that he has a good chance of of losing now. Um, the the one thing I agree with John is. Um, uh, Joe Biden does need to get out there more, show people that he's fighting for their votes, that he wants their votes, especially places uh, like Detroit and Flint and, and uh, communities that are heavily Democratic and heavily black in, in swing states. He does not want the base of his party to stay home while the base of the new cultish Trump party um, comes out in their boats and, and, and votes two or three times as he's encouraging them to do. The ABC uh, interview yesterday was, uh, I agree with John, it was remarkable. He is out there. Um, but he's out there not telling the truth. And um, that is going to um, rile up the Democratic base, I believe, as much as traditional door knocking used to. Because as you know, Democrats aren't going door to door this mm-hmm. year because um, of respect for science and, 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 and the health of their, of their voters. Um, and uh, the Trump campaign is going door to door. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see if... Um, um, whose whose base wants it more, and does troops still matter in politics? Yeah. Um, so my my sense of it, and this is a little bit old school, but I think these kind of things still still hold. I think if you look at the places where the race is said to be in play, in other words, uh, the places where it will be decided. Uh, they are places that if you're a Republican, and especially if you're a Republican incumbent, things should have been sewn up already. So the state of Florida, for instance, a Democrat hasn't really been contesting for the state of Florida at, at the presidential level for some time. That is a state that Donald Trump should not be tied with Joe Biden in. Uh, Arizona is another state like that, where the last time Arizona went for a Democratic president, I think, was in the 1960s. Uh, but they are also tied or within one or two points uh, there. And when you think of the the, the the sort of national electoral map and you talk about the elasticity of states, uh, the ability of, of states to sort of cross over to be Democratic sometimes – or, or Republicans uh, in, in other instances, um, we're not talking about states that do that in this election. We're talking about states that the Republican candidate should have already. And so I, I, 
I, I, I tentatively, and of course, you know, this is such a strange year. Nothing that's happened this year has been predictable. But uh, I, I tentatively say I feel like Joe Biden is in a better position than we want to say at, at this point uh, because of that. And, and I wonder, John, what, what you make of that, somebody who worked yeah. uh, in elections for a long time. I, I do believe he's in a better position going in. I agree with you on that. Um, but in terms of believing the polls and where things are in, in the in the states, I I just you know kind of joke. You know, ask President Hillary Clinton how she feels <laughs> about polls. You know, I really you know what I look at in, in the recent just this last week the Detroit News WDIV poll and Richard Shuba did that poll and I know Richard very well and we use him a lot. He's very very good. Mm-hmm. And the narrowing that, that he shows in the poll, and he is no Trump fan at all. So if there's anything that he saw in there, uh, he would, he would have put it out. But, you know, it's, it's narrowed about eight points in the last two months. And, uh, you know, I, I do believe that there is a factor of people, uh, who are Trump supporters who just don't answer the polls. They don't trust anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so they certainly don't trust pollsters that are commissioned by the media. Um, so I think that's a little bit of a factor. I think if it's that razor thin, and, and my opinion is if the polls show within two or three points going into Election Day, I believe Trump pulled it out. Mm. Uh, I just believe there's that kind of swing out there that's unrecorded. Yeah, uh, Ron, yeah. you have been on social media somewhat uh, critical of the, the the Democratic complacency, I think, that you mm-hmm. seem to think is, is taking hold. Uh, does my perspective reflect that or or am i right that yeah. they're in better shape than, yeah. than we think i agree with yeah no i agree with you and john that if the election were held today um joe biden would win and, and probably pretty handedly but the election's not today right and a lot can happen especially when we have an incumbent um running against democrats and especially when a democrat is determined to use every leverage of power and misuse every leverage of power and to mislead the public and to literally stand up and commit a felony, felony and encourage his supporters to vote twice. When you have that kind of power going against you, you can't assume that nothing's going to change between September and November. So I think Joe Biden, and you're right, I've said this very publicly, needs to run like he's behind. He needs to run like he's losing or he may lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think there is much of a hidden Trump vote out there as there is a disadvantage against Democrats in the Electoral College. So the national polls were correct last time. The, they were. The, the, you know, we knew that she was going to win by three percentage points. What we didn't know is that three percentage points would break just the right way that he would pull an inside straight, you know, in a handful of Midwest states, in, 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 including ours. Um, so we do know, uh, if you study the Electoral College, that for, for Biden to be safe, he needs to be he needs to win on election day by five or six percentage points, which is really hard in such a um, polarized time. And then not to mention what happens on election day, where for the first time in living memory, we won't know who the winner is and, right. and how that can distort things and how Trump could use that to his advantage. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking with Ron Fournier and John Truscott, uh, both of the Truscott Rossman PR firm. We're talking about politics and campaigns in the November election coming up for president of the United States and what is going to happen between now and then that will deliver the election either to President Donald Trump or to the challenger, former Vice President uh, Joe Biden. Uh, John, I want to talk to you about the the party, the Republican Party itself. And uh, the, the you and I have had this conversation before about the Trump effect 
on the Republican Party. Uh, we are starting to see pretty prominent Republicans come out and say not only are they not going to support Donald Trump for re-election, but they are actually going to vote for, for Joe Biden. And I, I think that actually is a, a distinction from the first time. I mean, there were a lot of people who were, quote unquote, never Trump uh, in 2016. But a lot of them said, I, I, I still can't vote for, for Hillary Clinton, so I'm going to vote for uh, the, the libertarian candidate or I'm going to do something else. We're now see, seeing people say, I am going to vote uh, for Joe Biden. I, I, I would love to get your your current assessment of what Trump is doing to the party that that uh, that that you claim as as home uh, and, and whether that effect is going to to linger you know, past the November election, if he even if he loses, what 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 is left of the GOP? I really don't know. Um, it's a completely different party than than the one that I grew up in and, and was part of. Um, you know, I don't like the, you know, accept or leave uh, mentality about things that, that some people take. You know, I will say that every cycle we have a number of leaders in both parties who cross over for the other party. And the media makes a big deal out of it, but for the most part, voters don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. So it, it really doesn't have an impact. You know, I think uh, Rick Snyder's uh, comments about uh, voting for Biden, I don't think that that will sway any votes because he was never really involved in the party organization much anyway. So, you know, I if, if anything, you know, we're in the craziest times in the century. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about this for a lifetime. I really don't know how it's going to shake out other than everything is different than it used to be. And we really won't be able to write the book on this till it's over. <laughs> uh, Ron Fournier, uh, you've covered politics an awful long time. Uh, tell me what your assessment is of Trump's effect on, on the GOP. Does he leave this party in, in disarray uh, at, at some point, you know, whether it's in this November or in four years if he's, if he's reelected? Yeah, on two levels, I don't think he's going away. Um, one, him, him personally, even if he loses to this election, he'll channel that, that politics of grievance that he's ridden to the White House once, and I, I would expect him to run again in four years. If he's not hmm. healthy or not with us, I would expect his kids to run, because they have created um, um, a, you know, this is a family dynasty. This is a political um, cult. It's, it's a cult of personality. Um, that he's not going to want to let go of, and that the party has shown no willingness to stand up to. So why would they stand up to him in four more years? Why would they stand up to his family going forward? But more importantly, I see him as a symptom of much bigger problems in our body politic that aren't just limited to to John's party, Mm -hmm. um, where um, the truth doesn't matter anymore, and where we as citizens are willing to blindly follow our leaders like lemmings over the cliff and not um, hold our leaders um, as, as accountable or more accountable than we do the other sides, the other team's um, um, side. So I, going forward, I think he has given us a really dangerous blueprint for winning elections and governing that he'll certainly, and his party will certainly cling to. Um, um, but I worry about um, uh, even my party and, and, and liberals seeing that this is the way that um, you, 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 you grab and maintain power in this country now. Mm. 
Okay, Ron Fournier and John Truscott, both of the Truscott Rossman PR firm, which is now a Detroit-based firm and not a Lansing-based yes, firm. Thank you both for uh, being here. We'll Steven, have you back. I just back. want to say yeah. real quickly, I, before you wrap up, I know you're in a fundraising uh, drive sure. right now. Uh, Truscott Rossman, the new Detroit headquarters, will will uh, commit to a contribution. So just have Jake send the information, and we're going to do it. In honor of my former business partner and namesake on the firm, Kelly Rossman. Yes. Penny. Yes. Um, I really, we need to promote civil discourse. And as you can see, we can disagree on things and still talk civilly about it. And there's yeah. not enough of that out there. So I want to support what you do. Uh, that's, that is very, very nice of you, John. We really appreciate that. Uh, and it is always great, of course, to have you here and Ron and, and our best wishes, of course, to, uh, to Kelly Rossman, a really, really great. Really great person as well. So thank uh, you. Thank you for being here. Take care, my friend. Okay. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to raise a little more money. And then I am going to talk with former uh, U.S. Attorney Barbara McQuaid about the Justice Department and why she's concerned about how it has behaved under President Trump and Attorney General William Barr. Stay with us for more Detroit Today. <laughs> 